0: Welcome to the Republican Professor. We have with us a special guest today, Jonathan Schober. Thank you for being here, Jonathan.
1: It is a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Did I say your name right? Is it is it uh is it Jonathan? Is that how you say It, it? is Jonathan. Now okay. you
1: know, I go by John or Jonathan, but uh, you know, just don't call me late for dinner and we'll be okay.
0: Jonathan, you're a special guest. You uh interviewed me on your podcast. Uh, Several moons ago before seems like it was was it during all this crazy stuff or was it after that? I can't remember. I,
1: I mean I think it might be pushing a year. Uh so uh it was a great conversation remember. and uh enjoyed it and and yeah. happy to be on your podcast now. So this is fantastic. It got, it
0: got a lot of views. I saw that, and that was cool. You know, um, and what's
1: funny is I mean, this is what's funny as you're as you're doing podcasts, you know. I still get these notifications, right? Someone comes on is like, Oh, you know, great post or whatever. So it's, it's amazing. Kind of the, the evergreen of, of these videos and these podcasts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, you write a book and you put it in the library and lo and behold, someone checks it out 50 years later.
1: That's right. And there's still or maybe it. finds it at a, at a uh, used bookstore, you know, perhaps.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um Jonathan you just ran for office and uh you're in the state of let me guess Arkansas it's,
1: it's, it's hard i know it's 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 a tough arkansas I, I, I try to do that uh, i'll be in kansas but uh <laughs> you know shockingly uh no i am in the great state of texas and ran for oh there you app. go awesome so for those so, of you that don't know what the Lone Star State is, that is the Lone Star State.
0: Yeah, there you go. So what uh, what office did you run for?
1: So the office was a state legislator, so state rep, um, basically covered about half the county. So Williamson County, uh, which is just north. It's kind of a, uh, a suburban area just north of Austin. Um So Austin is kind of in Travis County, for those of you that that might not be aware. Travis County in Austin is basically, you know, California East. Uh, I mean, it is is crazy. It is liberal. Uh, You know, it's the blue boil on the otherwise beautifully red uh, state of Texas. So I was running for a district that was just north of Austin in Williamson County. Uh, Covered about half the county in terms of geography. So relatively small geography, which made it, a lot easier to campaign uh but in terms of population about 200,000 people uh population
0: that's a lot that's a lot of people it's a lot of yeah. ground to cover and it's a crazy place as you said what was your strategy going into it
1: uh well the the strategy was win right and apparently <laughs> i did i did not uh, do very good no i mean really there were there were kind of uh, a couple of things that i really wanted so uh, just to provide a uh, uh, a little context. Now I'll, I'll kind of start with, you know, bottom line up front. So I didn't win, but I did get these really cool, you know, showber for state representative
0: that is cool. uh, co-
1: coffee mugs. So for a contribution of $20, you too, even now can have your very own showber for state rep uh, coffee mug.
0: Are you planning on re uh, running again?
1: Yeah, I, I probably will. So, so to, to answer your question, just the the, the background. Um, so, this was the year across the country for redistricting. So, what that is is all the lines or uh, political boundaries are redrawn every ten years. Um, so, in in my particular race, um, it, it had been kind of a, uh, uh, a a Democrat district got redrawn. So it was it was more of a Republican district in terms of of numbers. Um, the state rep that had been, it was, was very much a hard uh, liberal uh, uh, representative because of redistricting. He actually moved out of this district into another district. um, And I actually changed my residency and moved into district. Uh, So what that means is it was an open seat. So there was, there was no incumbent Um, in all likelihood, the uh, the winner of the Republican primary will likely win. Uh, the general election. So just for for context on the Democrat primary side, uh, basically there was one candidate that will run on the Democrat. There were actually four of us uh, on the Republican side. So it was an open seat, no incumbent. Um, the The four of us that ran, um, you know each of us were uh, n- you know none of us had held political office. Uh, myself, you know, I'm kind of a you know, professional, father, you know, citizen, uh, legislator, candidate named Patrick McGinnis, very similar. Both of us had about 20 years uh, in the technology field. Uh, The two other candidates were were a bit younger uh, than us. Both of them had been staffers uh, with with state senators. Um, So it was very interesting because no incumbent, uh, you know, open seat and, and the 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 main goal, and we'll go into some of the reasons, but in terms of the strategy, you know what I wanted is I wanted to make sure that that if nothing else, I was the most substantive uh, candidate. So it was it was extremely important to me um, that, you know, I, I use some of this technology or I used videos, I had a lot of, you know, I think relatively long form substantive type uh campaign speeches um i actually i'm sure that that most people are are aware of the political flyers that come in and and basically they all kind of look the same and sound the same you know i'm the i'm the conservative republican vote for me Um, what i did and what i started doing or what i started with was i actually published a 12-page full-color newspaper um, and so in there, there were, of course, articles that I wrote, um, articles that, uh, that one of our local school board districts wrote, um, a emergency management expert wrote. So I launched the campaign with that newsletter. I mailed it to all uh, 15,000 uh, voters, and, and, and that was something that was um, unique. Um, it was certainly unique in the race, and as I've been in it, uh, fairly unique. And we can kind of talk about just the importance of ed- educating the voter. So my strategy was to to educate, run a substantive campaign, and yeah. um, that was that was the strategy.
0: I'm all for education. That's an interesting idea to do a little uh, newspaper. It's kind of old school. It's vintage.
1: It's vintage. Uh, and it was funny because you know, you, you go to all these events, right? And and you know, everyone's got their little card and and they're yeah. you know, they're going from card and they drop their little flyer that's right. on the card. That's and right. I'm walking around with this everybody's newspaper. got their palm
0: pilot and their blackberry.
1: You you got it. I'm walking with this newspaper, dropping newspapers oh, that's cool uh, on the table. So it was it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Were there any pictures in your
1: newspaper? Oh yeah, yeah, it was a somewhere around. It looked like a like,
0: legit newspaper then. No,
1: it was it was like a legit, uh, <laughs> you know, twelve-page full-color, uh, you know, newspaper print. Um, I used, you know, we we have kind of a community impact that 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 comes out, and it was basically yeah. printed, uh, you know, the same deal. So it looked like um, uh, a community. How did you uh, get the pe- magazine?
0: How did you get the people to write the articles? Did you pay them? <laughs>
1: No, uh, this was actually, uh, you know, very, very, I think, cool, you know, because, because, you know, part of it is you you want to, to, you know, ride on the coattails of other people. So one of the things that I did when I was thinking about running is I met with all the city council members and, and county commissioners. I, I basically reached out because you know, there's, I think there were, there's four, uh, you know, one county and kind of four cities uh, Mm -hmm. in the, in the County. So I reached out to the mayor and the city council members, uh, ended up meeting with probably about a half dozen of them. And, you know, just I'm John Schober. I'm thinking about running and out of those conversations connected with a couple of the local guys. And, you know, they were very passionate about some issues, some of the growth that's going on. Williamson County is one of the fastest growing uh, counties in the country. Uh, we've got Samsung. Uh, coming in to uh, to the county, and so one of the uh, city council members was very passionate about the growth and kind of the challenges of of one of the small communities. And so I just asked him. I said, "Hey, would you mind writing an article about this?" And I mean, he loved it. I mean, he's like, "Sure, you know, I'll I'll write it." And and um, uh, in Williamson County, we're we're kind of ground zero with some of the stuff that's going on with the school districts. I mean, we have the you know the pornography in the schools and the critical race we've had two uh, fathers two parents that have been arrested uh, because they spoke uh, at a uh, at a school board me- uh, meeting and one of the good guys uh, school board members Danielle Weston uh, she had written a Facebook post kind of talking about you know what good governance in a school district would look like so I reached out to her and just said hey do you mind if I use Uh, this Facebook post and, and republish it. And so, you know, it was, it, it kind of served a a twofold purpose. It allowed me to introduce myself to some other people. It allowed me to, to give other people uh, a platform. Um, You know, I hate the me, me, me vote for me, me, me. And that's, I didn't want to do that. And so that's how I got, um, you know, like I said, I think, I think all together, I had probably about six authors that wrote six different uh, articles for the newsletter. Oh.
0: The emergency management thing you mentioned, what was that about? Was that about the, the energy issue you guys had last
1: year? The exactly. Yeah. The, the, the freeze. So I had a very good friend of mine that's a retired uh, army colonel. Uh, and he was in charge of, I think it's FEMA region six. I can't remember. It basically covers uh, Texas, Arkansas, uh, maybe Louisiana, Um, And so he was in charge of disaster recovery and emergency response for the state of Texas when he was on active duty. And um, so what we did is we wrote an article because one of the major issues was the freeze and what's
0: uh, what's your friend's name, the army
1: colonel, uh, Colonel Scott McLeod,
0: McLeod. Okay.
1: McLeod and a great guy. And um, you know, he, you know, so the, the, the failure from the energy is why didn't we have the oversight? Why 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 were they not prepared for this kind of events? And so that's really what he spoke to is you know ha, how do you prepare uh, a very large infrastructure for uh, disasters? And and that was the, the context of the article. It was a fascinating article. I'll, I'll send you know what I'll yeah, send, yeah, a, sure. link send, the I'll send we, a link yeah, to the PDF. I'll send the link. Yeah, we will post publish that.
0: Publish that. Yeah, we'll post that on the, the episode cool. So, uh, what did you hope to accomplish if you got elected? That's a different question because once you're in there, you have what, two years, is that right?
1: It's a a two two year term. Two years.
0: Okay. Is it part-time or full-time?
1: Very much part-time. So in, in Texas, the legislature meets for, uh, 120 days. I think it's 120 days every other year. So this is literally, I mean, this Mm -hmm. is about as part-time. Yeah as you get it's like, basically it's like
0: working at king supers basically <laughs> in denver
1: exactly as a 16 exactly. year old basically um, so you, you know you have two-year term basically you get one session so one shot uh in the session and then you run for re-election
0: that's cool uh so let me let's review the powers of the the, the two-year state representative again if you get voted in there you can tell pretty much everybody what to do and you, oh just yeah bought- that's a you have like you have a Secret Service detail <laughs> and constant death threats, probably right. And basically, yes. you are and the and the jet walking we got in Texas
1: one. That you kind of sw- you don't on. walk;
0: you swagger in, and you you know you obviously have your chew. And of course, you're, you're spitting. Well, down. I do
1: sunflowers. You know, I I, I do sunflowers, okay.
0: sunflowers, and you got your Nalgene bottle. Obviously, you're spitting it into that. Yeah. Right. Because of of the environment. And then you basically don't forget the stogie.
1: I've I've got I've got the big stogie with about a three inch ash on it.
0: There you go. And you're obviously carrying some kind of weapon. Of course, several. And and you 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 say this is how it's going to work now. Yeah. And so I'm you know you got you got you got Marcy's my administrative assistant. If you go through her, uh, I'll be out back having a steak. Right,
1: golf playing golf.
0: Yeah, playing golf. So, yeah, what did what did you uh, hope to accomplish in two years? Um or, or 120 days? I guess I'm not sure how to phrase the question.
1: Well, so a couple of things. So I was very much a um, you know an anti-establishment candidate. So you know just just to kind of go into what motivated me to 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 run. Um, you know, my campaign theme was kind of, you know, freedom, security, and prosperity. And, and what I meant or the way that I kind of framed that up is here in Texas, you know, we had a Republican governor that shut down the state. Yep. Uh, my daughter, uh, a small business owner, she owned a franchise, uh, um, Camp Gladiator, which is sort of a uh, outdoor fitness uh, camp. And so overnight, she shut down out of business, you know, 20. So sorry, two years old. Okay, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, you I, think know, I, with, I
0: think I know your your daughter. I, I might be no, I, I might know the person you're talking about.
1: I probably so. We'll we'll, I, we'll talk I think about I've having ta- her on this show.
0: I, I've t- I've talked to her briefly.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So literally, you know, literally impacted from the shutdown. Um, again, Republican governor. We had a uh, a hairstylist that defied his order and and ran her business. She gets thrown in jail. Um, So, you know, our freedom was very much, um, you know, under assault or threatened. Uh, You know, the second thing was security. Uh, We've got a major issue uh, with the border. We've got hundreds of thousands of illegals that are coming through, Um, you know, the, the rapes uh, the, the sex trade, the human trafficking. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big deal and we Who, have a governor who's
0: who's getting raped. What's the, what's the well, rape issue.
1: So the rape issue, you have a lot of the, um, you know, the immigrants as they, as they come through, right. Um, you know, these coyotes are they're the ones know, raping and, and molesting. The, so it's these vulnerable, the
0: these vulnerable people that are trying to escape socialist Mexico. You, they're you the ones, it. they're the ones getting vul- vulnerable. Okay.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they're getting involved. How, and, how, do, how, do,
0: how do you how do you uh, effectively stop that? How do you or at least decrease it? But obviously love to stop it totally. Yeah. But how do absolutely. you how do you decrease it?
1: Well, and, and this was my campaign. First off, you you make a serious commitment. So we have a governor that says a lot of stuff and, you know, does very little. And so in terms yeah. of you know what I think policy wise, Um, you know i think that we had an opportunity to one just declare this an invasion okay and actually activate um, our national guard to defend our borders Um, what was interesting this this uh you know this resource uh, how would that
0: prevent the women from being raped
1: though well if you stop the traffic right so if you if you if you if you create the situation to where they're not moving right You, you 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 create a you you change. They don't, the they ground don't put gang. themselves.
0: They don't put themselves they, in that situation where they're especially vulnerable to that, these uh, these nefarious people. That that's their business to smuggle people in. Is that what you're that, saying?
1: That's exactly right. Right. Okay. You know, if they, you know, you you lock up the opportunity. Okay, you don't have these vulnerable people coming over here. Right. Um, that risk. Is, so is it wouldn't happen maybe. right away,
0: but eventually it would, you're saying pretty quickly, it would, the word would get out that you can't do that through Texas. The,
1: the, the world would get out. And, and just to cut to the chase is, um, it, this is, this is money. I mean, the cartel makes millions of dollars uh, trafficking people. And if you, if you shut the, the, the traffic down, okay, word gets out real fast that there's no money to be made here in Texas. And um, I I think, you you know, military, you talk about, you know, foreign policy, which is to some extent you have this even with this, which is, you know, diplomacy, information, uh, you know, military and economic. Even on a state level, you know, we could deploy economic uh, powers uh, to sort of influence uh, Mexico, even as a state, right? Right. Um, so, so, those so that were, would be that would be what things. would
0: that would be what you as a state rep would be, because obviously a state rep doesn't have the power over the National Guard. Right. And you,
1: right. I don't right. think so, you have.
0: Do you have as a state rep? Do you if you could convince enough people in the legislature, do you have any power over how that those National Guard get deployed? Is so that totally it, it, the discretion of the of the governor.
1: Right. So, you know, in in very much, this is a, a governor has the power. So in practical terms, um, you know, the state rep, what can I do? I can, you know, authorize money, support the governor. I was also, gotcha. uh, while I was running my own campaign, um, I was also uh, campaigning for and running on Lieutenant Colonel Alan West's uh, campaign. So he was challenging uh, our current governor. So, you know, the perfect plan was yep. for... Colonel West to become Governor West, uh, and then I would be in the <laughs> legislature to to support him. That was the perfect world.
0: Oh, okay. Hold on a second. I thought you were uh, you're a Republican, right?
1: I am a Republican. Well, yes. isn't
0: isn't West isn't Colonel
1: West black? I know it's a what well, you know. Hold on a second. To, I thought you were. Come to think of it, aren't you a racist? It, though he he is in fact black. Yes. Okay, I I, you know, you I hadn't, really, I hadn't right, thought about that.
0: Sec. Hold on, let me. I had in my notes that you were a racist. Hold on a sec.
1: Yeah, kind of make make right. sure you know John is a racist. I'm a sexist also. You know, make sure we, we put that down.
0: Sometimes I wonder if they mean the sexiest, and I'm like, wait, hold on a sec. I don't think so. Have you seen well, Brad Pitt? I, Have you seen yeah, Brad you know, Pitt? I had you know, this I'm discussion. This Johnny Depp
1: trial, and, and maybe, <laughs> oh,
0: you're you're the one watching it. I, I haven't seen it. What's what's that Johnny Depp thing all about? I mean, I, it is
1: it is it is a. I don't have a TV. Opera. So. Oh, it's okay. a soap opera. It, it, it's, it's a train wreck that I just. I will fully. Is that admit, his wife? I that's, am sucked into it.
0: Is that his wife that's
1: complaining? Uh, it was his, it's his ex-wife. Yes. Oh, it's so his ex-wife? It, okay. Uh, I, I I can see why she's an ex. By the way.
0: Okay, she's crazy she's crazy. Well, it doesn't look like he has all his screws together too. He's got a, screw yeah, I, loose.
1: yeah, there, warm? there is a, it's a train wreck. It, it is an entertaining train wreck.
0: Yeah. Is that on regular television
1: or what is that on? Oh my gosh. It YouTube? comes up on my, it comes up on my Facebook feed and I totally oh, okay. get sucked into it. I mean, I, I That's will, hilarious. I will admit I, I get sucked into it when they post it and, uh, you know, blow so, through an hour of my day
0: so uh what was uh, colonel west running on i, I didn't I'm not, I'm not in texas so i'm not following it i'm in california um, so all i can do is sit back here and fantasize about what it what it would be like
1: if, you know uh, i mean
0: we had people like west out here but what, you know what, colonel what west was, he all was, about?
1: was was running um you, secure the border um it, here we have a major issue with property taxes just out of control uh property taxes.
0: Yeah, I've heard. Um and what's the solution uh, to that though? I mean, do you, should you have an income tax then?
1: Well, right so so this is you know I think it's I, I think it's Thomas Sowell that says, you know, if if you're taxing fairly, it doesn't matter how you you tax, it'll be okay. Yeah. If you're yeah. taxing too much, it doesn't matter how you tax it'll be bad. But, right. but I do think that, that fundamentally, um, I, I don't like, you know, of all the different ways you can tax, I think income tax is the worst. Property <laughs> tax is, you know, not much better. So I, I, I mean, I am an advocate of a sales tax, and we do have a sales tax here um, in Texas. So I, I think there's two things. I think one would be moving uh, to the sales tax. But the real egregious thing in Texas is, you know, all these politicians are like, you know, well, we have a cap on the on the tax rate, you know, it can only go up a half a percent or whatever it is. And so these politicians, they come in, and they say, we haven't raised your taxes. Look, there's a there's a cap on on what we can raise that tax rate. Notice is I'm saying that tax rate. Uh, but over on the other side of the equation, the value that the property value, there, there's no limit on that. So, so basically, this is what irritates me the most: is these guys, you know, legitimately or, or or not, the property value goes up, and the politicians basically get a free tax increase every time the property value goes up. And so, yeah, you, you know, my so nobody's
0: my, nobody's accountable except for the market.
1: I, I, exactly, which, and
0: which it, it it is interesting that the market would react that way given the tax setup it just seems like it it should the market should react uh, a little differently because if it, well I, I don't know how it works exactly but i just um i just know that the thought of retiring in texas is a little bit less appealing to me because um if you have an income tax right and that's how you're taxed primarily mm-hmm then older folks on a fixed income can that's predictable for them right, right. which right. is what you want in retirement you want to be have predictable security stuff like that right you're not a nimble you know kid anymore you can't just go get a job necessarily well you know your prized possession as you as you retire is the roof over your head yes and 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 so if the government is just saying basically, hey, I'm I'm renting this land out to you. I really own the land. You you think you own the land? No, <laughs> no you don't own the land. I own the I land own, and I, I can jack
1: up I can jack up your rent anytime and I this want.
0: This is and so I yeah, I'm just uh you this is a lease that you have mm-hmm. and it's an interesting kind of lease because Unlike the lease that a typical landlord lessee has, they can't just take all your assets, right? Mm-hmm. They can't just mm-hmm. acquire your assets, right? Yep. <laughs> you know, right. Um, if you don't pay your rent, they, they evict you.
1: Yeah, right? that the worst they can and do if, is kick you out.
0: If you leave your stuff there, then there's a process by which they, you know, auction that off or whatever, but that's, right. you have to leave it there, right? Right. But, but this, this property tax thing is, is really kind of an interesting thing because you think it's private property, but it's really the government saying, um, no, you're just, you know, you're passing through here and you owe me money for living there. Yes. And so I'm the boss, not you, you're, that's mm-hmm. not your property. It's mine. And the rate will fluctuate. It's not set by a lease, and if you don't pay it, I now can take that property from you. Yes. Well, actually, you you know, I I, I have it anyway, kind of right. because I I mean why if you can take it from me, then how then I don't I don't, have don't understand. Uh, yeah, it's it's odd because they they feel like they can take the entire value of the property, not just what you owe them, which is a, mm-hmm. a small fraction of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. So if you're really, it's, it's old, an egregious, yeah. If yeah, you're it's old, an egregious if, method. If you're old and you owe, I don't know, ten thousand dollars on back taxes or something. Sure. Could they take the roof from you?
1: Ab- they, absolutely. Now, there, there are some you know uh, you know I don't want to go too far there are some homestead exemptions there are some rules but in general principle you are exactly right I mean uh, people are losing their homes um, that is a that is a very real thing uh, again you know in in this area it's been a high growth you know uh, I mean even my own house it's it's almost tripled in value so there's literally people you know that that you know may have you know, bought a house for you know fifty thousand dollars and it can be worth a million dollars uh yeah. today and they're retired what's, and they're on what's the income. what's the
0: tax rate on that give us some real numbers so we get a sense of what oh
1: now talking. see now now you need the policy advisor part of my campaign staffer right you know I I always kind of stay stay away from real numbers because uh uh I, I get in trouble. Can you ballpark it? numbers? You yeah we talking to, seven like, eight we're talking seven eight percent. What Wow. Yeah.
0: So wait, hold on. So you're talking like thousands of dollars, at least a th- thousands of dollars a year, maybe even a month.
1: Oh, oh yes. In taxes. I mean, yes. in property oh, wow. taxes. So I, I mean, and, and, and here's the other thing again, you know,
0: and this is a Republican state.
1: This is a Republican state. And, yeah. and here's, what's really funny. You know, the, the, the left always talks about, you know, protecting the little guy. Of course, those policies hurt, were
0: probably put in place by Democrats. Probably. Exactly.
1: And yeah. the guy that gets hurt, hurt the worse is the guy who's renting, the, the guy who's an apartment renting, because here, you know, the apartment complex has no homestead exemption. At least I get a little bit of a uh, of a break on my on my value as a homestead. But that apartment complex, there's no homestead. So they are paying the full freight of the tax rate on that. And of course, what are they doing? They, they pass that on to the renters who tend to be uh, the lowest income uh, people. So so this is, you know, this is very much a, I think it's, you know, a, a regressive tax, right? They, is that right? You can correct me. But, you know, the, the, the people yeah. that are the poorest are paying a higher percentage of property taxes,
0: so, if you were, in other words, it incentivizes having less land. Is that fair to say? Or, or, well, I don't know if I quite
1: go too far to say incentivizes, but it sure makes it difficult uh, to acquire land.
0: And it incentivizes having a crappier house, basically.
1: Uh, uh, yes. Uh, you know, I guess somebody
0: could, somebody could say, well, that's the incentive in any, any place that there's property tax. I mean, because there's a percentage there is some kind of incentive right. i guess but like in california it's very strange Do you, are you aware of california's property tax regime
1: you know i as i understand it the the value is basically set at purchase and so that that valuation right. is there and so you know whatever it was assessed at you know if they change the tax rate they can they can raise the tax rate but the value is set until yeah. uh, another transaction occurs and it's sold, and then it basically gets re—that's uh, right—revaluated to the new owner.
0: Yeah, and by the um, way, that's that's with, actually with the, what I
1: was advocating.
0: With the, with the exception, though, of when you say transaction, if you include probate, if you include a living trust or something like that, if you include uh, inheritance,
1: mm-hmm.
0: now this is what makes it interesting in California the the folks that have lived in california the longest and have held on to their property uh, and it, it, i think it only goes um it doesn't go sideways i believe it doesn't go from brother to sister i nice. don't think it goes to cousin and, and i can't i don't think it can go up I, I can't go to your aunt or something like that mm-hmm. but it's grandparent to grandchild or a right. parent to child. I mm-hmm. guess it could be grand, great grandchild, parent to great, great grandchild. I, I conceivably, I'm, I'm sure. But if there's a certain way, it has to be. Um, keep going. There's a certain way it has to be. Um, oh, I can't see anymore. <laughs>
1: um, I am. I am here. So, keep, oh, OK, you are here. Go. great.
0: There's a certain way that it has to be inherited. And if it's inherited that way. Then the little rascal with his grandparents' bungalow in uh, Venice Beach that was purchased, I don't know, in
1: 1950
0: for right. $10,000, $11,000. That rascal now is paying some ridiculously low property tax, like yes. hundreds of dollars a year for two million dollar house now if they were to sell that and the new buyer would now be paying i don't even know but it would be the the tax alone on it would be um much more than that person could afford even to rent yeah just the tax So it's interesting. I mean, you have, it's a very, it's it's an odd situation where you're, you're in Southern California and you're like, how did this person live here? I don't understand how they are still here. I know they don't do anything. They have that rinky dink job over there. How do they, the reason they have it is because they're living in their grandparents' house, which good for them. I mean, they passed out. I mean, praise, praise God. And, you know, right. Private property all for it. But But it's so odd to see people in the identical circumstance working the same weird barista job that is totally priced out of the market. There's no way just on tax alone they could afford that. And I'm not sure why the economy is the way it is. I don't know why the prices are so high here in California. I don't know why there's such a demand. I mean people keep saying it's the weather i i mean the weather i i don't know i there, i feel like there's some other structural issue there that I don't quite have a hand handle on
1: well i mean cl- clearly you're i mean you you're you are pretty there's only so much dirt uh obviously you know silicon valley uh you know <laughs> major draw uh to it so i i think there is. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities, uh, especially Central Texas as well, with, with, with some of that. So, um, you know, I think that's, you know, I do think that the, you know, the demand uh, for that land is real. I mean, people want to be there. They want to be on it. You know, it's funny. I mean, you know, if just for public policy, you know, you could make an argument that it is good public policy to keep that family you know generationally in your state right and so you could actually say yes we are intentionally doing this because of the public policy and and we want people to stay and get roots and you know live here forever you know or if you don't like that you could you know you could set up the policy to where uh, you know regardless of how uh, you know the the, the property transfers the, the, the revaluation. So, so I think I think a case could be made. I think
0: Prop 13 was a Republican led mm-hmm. effort. I think it was opposed by Jerry Brown, actually.
1: And, and Prop 13 was, you know, you guys have like, you know, prop, you know, propositions every, you know, six months out there. It's not healthy. It's not healthy.
0: Prop 13 is the is the famous thing. I think it was 1978. It's the thing we're talking about. It's, it's what it. set that in place. It didn't exist before that, and I believe Jerry Brown was the governor at the time. Um, let me review. Pat Brown was uh, governor for two terms. He ended his term 1967 when some guy named Ronald Reagan took over the, yeah. the, the governorship. I've never who, who, I' to who look him up. Who's Ronald Reagan? But, yeah and he, was a, he Reagan, was a Democrat, wasn't he? <laughs> he was eventually, <laughs> but not at that time. He served two terms, uh, and he his term ended in 1975, I believe. Is that eight years? Um,
1: well, he, so he, won, he won in 80, and I don't remember how. how... Well, I'm talking about governor. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So I don't remember how long he was out. He
0: won in 67, and he, he sorry, he won in 66, office 67. Uh, then he won again in, in 1970, out in. Well, that would have been 74, the next election. So he was out in 75. So then uh, that's when Jerry Brown, Jerry Brown, the son of Pat Brown, was elected for his first term in 1974. And so he took office 1975. So during that time, so Jerry Brown was in office when Prop 13 took effect. I believe it was 1978. I, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just, you know
1: spitball it and we're just guessing well you
0: know you know property it's just such an interesting philosophical question of who really owns the property yeah and well that and that's the basis philosophically
1: yeah it it is you know i mean it is a the the whole concept of property tax is very much a marxist idea right because (laughs) fundamentally the government owns it and um you know, I think yeah. even in Texas, you know, it's well, a, even property taxes in Texas is relatively new. I, I I think it was, you know, early 1900s that we actually, you know, brought uh, property taxes into Texas. So it's, it's you know, a relatively new uh, taxation it's, model.
0: It, it's interesting. Um, it, it's It's related to the issue that you brought up about the person you referenced. I don't know if you knew the person, but your own daughter. Yeah. had her business shut down, but the, the hairdresser, right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Let me tell you a quick anecdote, a quick story during the shutdown here in California, I was looking for a place to get my haircut because I wasn't going to do it. And I waited a long time. Okay. Right. I was, I waited until there was, it was really time.
1: You were a long haired hippie freak. basically. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was a freak. <laughs> uh, well, I'm still a freak, but <clears throat> I found a person in la habra and i can tell you exactly where it was it was on imperial and harbor Mm -hmm. and there's a walmart there and there's a strip mall and it's bless barber shop i think that's what it's called the front part was totally blacked out so you couldn't see inside okay and there was just a phone number and i called the phone number and i and i and when the person answered, I could hear buzzing zzz, and people talking <laughs> right. and stuff like that. And I, I said, it, it, are, easy. You, are you open for business? And he said, um, do you want to make an appointment? And I said, yes. And they said, cash only. And they quoted me some outrageous number. Right, It was like more than I've ever, ever, ever contemplated paying for a haircut ever. It yeah. was, and, it's and, like almost now,
1: as much as my wife pays for haircuts
0: that. Yeah. So women, okay. You don't understand, but, but we're not used to paying that. I'm used yeah. to paying very low. And my normal lady I go to, she, she's from South Vietnam, her words, South yes. Vietnam. That's how old she is. She came here uh, fleeing communism. Right. And she's always charged me the same rate. She recently raised it. Uh, but I've been going to her for almost 20 years now. And she, she charged me for the longest time, $10. Mm -hmm. And I'd give her a tip every time only recently has that changed. (laughs) So, and it's just, you know, she, she's just, we talk and she's a sweet lady and she, she owns two houses by the way, Mm -hmm. and drives a Lexus. So (laughs) I'm not, it's not like she's, she's always telling me, when are you going to buy a house? And I don't want to do her accent because she's got a broken accent very authentic and i i don't want to do it because it makes people think that i'm you know someone will take this out of context and think that i'm making fun of her right but but um anyway so she was shut down she obeyed the government Mm -hmm. (laughs) poor lady and anyway so 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 i was the other place that you made you pass
1: nancy pelosi when you got your haircut i I made i made the
0: appointment and they said you have to come around back so i came around back and i i parked around back and they they uh, opened the back screen they looked around and then i mean like, i thought i was going to get pat down and oh, yeah. then came in and it was packed it was packed in there there was probably 20 people in there nobody with masks cash everywhere just and music on and i said oh wow i see how you're doing this you don't want to get shut down so you have it all blacked out and they said yeah that we originally didn't do that and a police officer came and told us to shut down yeah and so we said okay we'll shut down we immediately put blocked blocked all the vision uh, you know and mm-hmm. the police officer saw exactly what we did and the police officer said looks good to me and yes. walked away you know they, I mean, they don't want to enforce the thing either
1: because you're they don't they know you're that, just trying to make a living that's right this is the philosophical i mean this is what motivated me to run the, the whole philosophical you've got these shutdowns you you now have this complete lawlessness okay you have law enforcement officers who are what's,
0: what's lawless about it to walk people through that
1: well well so so case well i i would say a it was lawless from the beginning in the sense that the governor does not have the authority the permission the constitutional right to do it but but on a more practical level you have uh, you know, law enforcement cases turning, you know, yeah. is, you know, looking the other way because you know they don't want to enforce these laws, these edicts, these whatever, and of course that just creates a a downward spiral uh, in, in terms of society. I mean, this is what's so, in my opinion, so right. dangerous about these kinds of mandates that you know we're we're, we're not legislated properly what i said early on when this happened is and this was part of the campaign look if the governor wanted to declare a 30-day emergency like okay i'll i, in, I might in other
0: it. words emergency has a meaning that's it right means it means something it you means can't something. just and stretch it like the word marriage you can't just stretch it to include anything you want or a man exactly or right. woman but yeah. it's like the well. Word, I'm not a biologist. They love, they so love their sure. words. They love they love stretching the meaning of words just to get what they want.
1: Yeah. And so what I advocate is the governor should have immediately, you know, called you know called a special session. Okay. Right. If he wanted to shut things down, if he wanted to change whatever. Sure. And, if, and if there's
0: evidence, it could be you could easily present that to the
1: legislature. Absolutely, and sure. that would have been the lawful way to handle this. Yes. You know, this, this kind of goes to, to one of the platforms, uh, you know, what I was advocating for is to, uh, you know, limit the uh, emergency powers of the executive, you know, uh, you know, that makes sense. I wanted to codify, you know, codify yeah. that Maybe. the executive could not declare an emergency for more than 30 days without calling a special session.
0: Because if, if it lasts for 30 helpful. days,
1: it is no longer an emergency.
0: Well, yeah, unless it's like Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. And then what's the point of having a legislature anyway? You know, right? I mean, I mean but, but now you, that you, have, becomes you have Tina Turner, it's not an
1: emergency because now that is you have Mel Gibson normal.
0: with his double barrel shotgun, but that's that's all you have. Well, okay, let's 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 illustrate a let's let's articulate a philosophical issue here that people can chew on here, which is interesting. You own your own labor, you have a right to make a living. That's really yes. what you're saying. The civil rights movement is totally meaningless if the government can just arbitrarily, and I mean, arbitrarily in reality, they, they never say it's arbitrary. They always act. The the rhetoric is always that this is some legitimate exercise of power, but in reality it's capricious, it's arbitrary, and it's just usurping people's ability to make a living. Now the interesting thing about this is that this hurts the government because
1: well, the government define, doesn't get, define hurts the government. In
0: California, let me let me let me let me clarify. In California, if you're not working, you don't pay payroll tax. Mm-hmm. There's no, that money is not coming into the government. If you're not working, you don't pay income tax. That, Mm -hmm. that money is not, if you're not buying something like they shut down here, my favorite used bookstore. Yeah. And I'm like, so haircuts, you can do a black market for haircuts. I don't know how you do a black market for used books. And these people were way too sensitive about that. They, the people who buy books are thoughtful people and they're not the kind of people that will come in the back and, you know pay outrageous amounts of money for a weathering Heights or something like that. I mean, you have Amazon, Amazon can't give you a haircut. So it, it, you have this unfair targeting of local small businesses, these vintage places that are so precious to local communities and they own their own labor. They have put everything into this like half off books in fullerton for example when they were shut down poor people they're okay. my favorite people they were in whittier for a while and greenleaf for a long time now they're in fullerton they're back thank god but they shut down our church almost killed it
1: well okay. almost now, killed now, our church now there's one that that i mean we could probably have a whole episode sure of, well know, there infuriated. you go you got a constitutional
0: issue there because of free 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 uh religion uh,
1: and the first amendment and, and the 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 fact now you had a couple of pastors there in California that defied and I'm I'm extremely proud. But unfortunately, here here in Texas as well, way too many churches shut down. And and that that was another I don't understand that the fact the
0: church did not
1: understand.
0: Yeah. Tell me why. You're in you're there. So what's the what are Republicans thinking there? What are they just so afraid of the virus that they thought? okay now this fear of mine usurps your civil rights
1: right is that, I, is, that I, is that how it works well i think i think specifically the pastors okay uh, and now i'm a preacher's kid so i've got i've got a little <laughs> bit of a, a of a thought okay i mean think about a a pastor is someone who is a is a shepherd okay by by definition this is what they are they are people that that care for their sheep, they care for their for their flock. This is actually a truly God-given trait that they have that makes them uh, good pastors. So, I think the downside, and this kind of comes to sometimes, uh, you know, the body of Christ. You know, there's pastors, there's apostles, there's prophets, there's teachers, there's all these things. And sometimes what you have is when you have someone that is very much a shepherd a pastor and sensitive. Okay. And they turn on the news and their congregants are scared. Their congregants are, uh, you know, don't want to come out and they, they want to, I don't want to say coddle because coddle implies, you know, a a negative thing, but they're, but they're wanting to make it easy on, on their sheep. And I think, in in a lot of ways that's what was going on they they felt the whether real or not they felt their congregants fear and in my opinion they they reacted to that by um encouraging the fear okay and 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 so what i wish had happened what i want to see in the body of christ is they're they're there, there needs to be. I, I know you're, you know, you follow Lance Wall now, and 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 talks about personality and design. We had, we had Lance on the, we had Lance on the podcast last that, month. Absolutely, and and I think that's what we didn't see is by personality and design, they are not confrontational people yeah. at, by majority, okay? Right. And so then you take on okay now you know am i gonna yeah. lose my my 501c3 i mean the yeah. risk that i have sure, sure. and 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 so in a very real sense like you know what's the risk benefit to me shutting down versus keeping? you know hey i can just go online you know we got this online and unfortunately we don't have enough pastors yeah. that that really understand that you know when when the bible says assemble sure. together i mean that's right that is what it means and i love online i love zoom it has a place yeah. but it's not in person and there were and, far
0: too many people that were comfortable they were just happy to do that and in fact it wouldn't have taken a, a pandemic to do it for them yeah. i mean they, they'd be like half, half the time they wouldn't mind doing that anyway right i mean so look, you got i, I worked at home excuse. and i enjoyed it yeah you got the excuse of the pandemic then you don't have the um it's, it's a little bit odd, but there is a violation of civil rights is just as egregious as some of the worst things you've seen in, in, on the face of it, uh, in American history, in terms of just the violation itself, it is a violation. A violation is a violation of, of your rights.
1: You know, let me, and, I want, I want and to say one so, oh, you've, you know, you've you've, you've, you've triggered something in my mind, uh, about this civil rights and, and,
0: there's a prophetic, Talk. there's a prophetic impulse yeah. in the Bible that in is Bible. confrontational.
1: And, and, and here's and, the other you thing, you know,
0: it, it's not, does it, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to fit that with the Sermon on the Mount, be peacemakers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It is. Well, um, well going but, to
1: your comfort, being online, being on Zoom, having, having Zoom, this is, here's the philosophical spiritual question. Is the purpose of the ch- is the primary purpose of the church to teach, to instruct, to preach? If that's the primary purpose, then yeah, you can do that online. You can yeah. do that on Zoom. Yeah. If the primary purpose of the church is to create a community that empowers and equips the saints, that that's a very you can't do that online. And and so you know, I I, I think that's what you 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 have is you know if you're a preacher. And that's your prime. That's what you view as your primary purpose. And It's pretty easy to do an online church. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not being. I'm trying not to be overly critical, but it does irritate me. I do think that the, bluntly, I think the church failed um, in in its response. And I and I think that um, you know now now we're looking at some of the consequences of the policy. Whether that's you know people unemployed and businesses shut down, we're now seeing you know. The, the 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 vaccine and you know not not to get you your podcast D platform but i think that we are seeing very real uh, health uh, effects from the from the vaccine that that people that you know were not truly at risk from the disease ended up taking on additional risk by taking a vaccine and this all could have been stopped if someone had put some brakes uh, to this early on and the church was poised To put those brakes on it,
0: the fact that you had to kind of talk around that says a lot, right there. (laughs) I mean, which which political party is for censorship?
1: Well, as uh, Elon Musk says, you know, he used to be a Democrat.
0: Well, I'm used to being censored on the campus. Yeah, I'm also used to not being censored on the campus, and I see what happens when I'm not censored. Mm There is an attempt to censor you, Mm -hmm. and there is an attempt by whatever means when the message is not well received mm-hmm. and it just it just so happens that that um i believe that people have rights and what does that mean to have rights like for example firearms mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it means i don't have to ask the government for permission yeah that's what it means i mean mm-hmm. if i have a right to invite somebody over to my home I don't have to ask the government for permission. Right. Right. So it's, that's what I mean by, by, I mean, I could make distinctions about rights. Some rights are conditional. Like you might say to your teenager, you can have people over until 10. Right. And then they have a right now to, which can be revoked by you to have people. They're not, they're
1: not autonomous. They're they're, they're not.
0: And then you, and then 10 AM they're out of here yeah only earn early morning socializing here but uh you know i thought that was funny people thought i meant 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's it's like with the with earning a living uh occupational licensure these these kind of uh regimes that put in place the permission stuff right i i run into it with teaching so weird i've taught well, nice look, look what's
1: going on in teaching and in the yeah, higher yeah, education sure, the whole, the whole uh, accreditation
0: i yeah. mean why well that's actually not the government but yeah
1: well but it's not the well i it's a it's I, I would review, make an yeah. argument that that in many ways the education is a is a is an outgrowth of government the point well, is this whole accreditation process what, what if you mean the, the credential
0: yeah, a bit, yeah the credentialing um so i've you know i've i've teach college and I've taught high school on high school campuses, college courses did not need a credential for that. Yes. But if I was to teach high school, <laughs> they said, I have to get an additional credential. I have seven degrees. I have a PhD, right? I have seven degrees. You know, you have to get an addition. You have to understand how to teach. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's just uh. I can't imagine what it takes for people to earn a living and they have to get all this permission. And all, everybody that's ever gotten a teaching credential knows it's just a bunch of propaganda and a bunch of, you know, wasted money and stupid. Absolutely.
1: Well, going back to your hair, anyway. you know, that you barber there. I mean, the fact that she has to get some sort of cosmetologist permit to cut your hair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's She's just got all this stuff on silly. the wall
0: that says you have, per- I have, you permission. have permission. I know how to clean the, I know how to clean the uh, scissors. Yeah, and I'm I'm not making fun. of I'm just saying, it, it, come on, guys. I mean, where where do you stop here? I mean, I have t- I'm not I'm not credentialed at all as far as a teaching credential for college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the ironic thing. Is it's just you just get a degree, you learn the stuff, and then you you figure out how to teach it. And right, and you know they act like um, you know, seventeen year olds are a, a vast difference from. 17 year olds in college. No. Yeah. Same. It's same. They don't want to do their homework. They don't want to do that. that We're doing
1: such a great job with our educational system. (laughs) I I mean, you know, let's continue because we're obviously uh, doing such a fantastic job with with people that can think and can be creative and are productive members of of society. So we 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 need to really double down on whatever it is that we're doing because we're doing such a fantastic job at it
0: yeah that's right well i wish we had more time do you would you mind coming back on and talking I mean, more about i, I about would this love stuff? to i would love let's to. let's do a part two uh maybe we can get you back on in june if, if your schedule to. permits
1: I well I, you know i so so i did not win my my election if that was not clear i did not come out the the winner so i am uh i do have an open calendar but in all yeah, seriousness i, I represent- do want to i do want to uh to just kind of say one thing and make sure they get it in because sure. I, I was thinking about like the lesson, you know, what did I learn through this process? And here is one thing that I want to make sure I learned that it absolutely is worth it. So these things that we've talked about rights and uh, you know, whether it's you know, freedom and security and prosperity, these things, but you know, what, one of the things that I absolutely did learn and I would encourage your viewers and your listeners that may think about running is it our, our, country and our States are worth saving as a Christian. I frankly believe we have responsibility to do it. I, I believe that it's my duty to do it. So if there's anything that I learned, it is, it is worth it to seek higher office, to run for higher office when lose or draw you, you move the needle in the conversation.
0: That. But- definitely comes across crystal clear uh, as far as your desire and heart for education uh, with your newspaper approach. I love that approach. I think that um, it's hard to, to get it in, get in there with that approach in the short run, but I have a feeling that in the long run, it's stuff like that that really ultimately matters. Yeah. So I'm glad. Let's let's talk more about it. I look forward to having you back on. Thanks, Jonathan.
1: Well, hey, thanks. I appreciate. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Absolutely.